This is Rugger Matrix International, the world's leading independent rugby podcast quoted more than anyone else. It's no wonder that our major partner is Strike, Australia's leading provider of Bluetooth car kits, so you can stay safe in your car and avoid hefty fines. So go hands-free with Strike. Enter the code RUGGERMATRIX and you'll get 10% off. Go to strike.com.au to get your discount. Rugger Matrix also brought to you by mybean.com.au. We sell at roasters' prices. Let's get it on. Hello and welcome to Rugger Matrix International. I'm your host, Jero Sand, episode 202. And as you look to my left, your right, Mark Cashman isn't here this morning. He's had car trouble, and uh, which is a bit of a shame. But anyway, I'm just going to click the fingers, and there he is, uh, frozen from some time in the past, and he'll be there through the whole show. In fact, this is probably the most sense Mark Cashman will make all year on the program. Really looking forward to our special guest because we're going to the Northern Hemisphere. We're going to talk all things Premiership, uh, the Challenge Cup, and of course uh, the uh, Six Nations. Huge weekend, Six Nations, as well as a bit of Super Rugby and maybe talk about uh, the Southern Hemisphere test coming up as well. But uh, as we look over my shoulder, it's uh, the former Australian second rower and now captain of Exeter in the UK, Dean Mum. Dean, thanks for joining us on Rugger Matrix. It's Monday night, your time, and I appreciate you making the time for us. No, mate, nice to be here. Thank you uh, thank you for having me on board. Episode 203. I mean, you certainly got through a few guests, but I managed to... It could be 203. 202, sorry, apologies, too long. but uh, no, it's, <laughs> it's nice to get the call up. Uh, wonderful. Hey, uh, going okay, Exeter? Are you enjoying it? How long have you been there now? Um, you know, we're to about my second, you know, going on my third season now, so two, two and a bit years in living here. Um, but, you know, I came over in September, so I was straight into my first season. Um, yeah, a bit loving it, really. It's a, So, Exeter, for, for those that don't know, it's about three three hours southwest of, of London. Um, uh, that's by train, a little bit longer by car. Uh, but, yeah, really, really rural area. You know, it's sort of... Yeah, if you've got uh, you've got your tweed jacket and your Labrador and and your, your Land Rover Defender and you fit in down here, but uh, <laughs> mate, it's a bit like it's probably yeah, a bit like living in Orange or, or something for for you know for those in in Australia or New South Wales as a comparison. But um, yeah, lovely place to live, really relaxed and and, and love their footy down this way. Well, I certainly do, and uh, it is a beautiful part of England. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but uh, to be captain of Exeter, that's uh, must be a huge honour given. Yeah, it's a very historical place, Exeter, and uh, I know like Bath, who you're going to play this weekend, a very historic part of, uh, of the UK as well, but it must be a huge honour to lead the side. I'm very, yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, I, I don't know how whether the captain before me was, was an Irish guy, um, but certainly before that, I mean, I think most of the guys that have, have been able to lead this team have been you know, people sort of well entrenched in, in the local community and come through that way, and you know, I certainly... Haven't been that, but it's it's yeah. From that end, it's a real honour for me to be able to do that. Um, so particularly uh, second season doing that now, and I was sort of probably pretty fortunate to to, to be able to, to take the captaincy after only having been there for one year. So um, yeah, it's, but it's a job I, 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 you know, that I'm very honoured to have, and one that you know continue to, you find new things about yourself and, and how you deal with different situations. How have you enjoyed the uh, tight five slog, uh, Dean? Obviously, uh, 
uh, when the winter months approach, it, it becomes very hard on the body. But uh, I'm saying after all those years with the Waratahs, Wallabies and uh, Sydney University, you'd love it. Yeah, may lie to it. I think I'm probably the lighter second round of the comp at uh, at 110 kilos, and I'm probably giving up a good five to ten kilos on pretty much most people. But um, listen, they still keep me around. Um, but yeah, you know, it really is one of those things over here where you need a different game in autumn and spring than you do in winter, uh, um, and it's just you know, purely because the conditions change what you can do. Um, yeah, you've got a lot of rain, a lot of you know, really sort of strong gale winds. So you've got to be able to play this forward game and you've got to be able to play it well. Um, secondary that, co- compared to uh, Southern Hemisphere, the fans love it. I mean, I, I don't really get it, but uh, yeah, they're, they're genuinely keen on a scrum and a maul um, and fighting it out that way. But, I mean, you look at the teams that are really successful um, this year and in the previous years, uh, Northampton, you know, Bath, um, Saracens, you know, to a lesser extent, but the teams that do well are, are those teams that, that, that can master that tight five and that forward play. Um, and so the reality is if you want to play in this comp, you've got to be able to mix it with them. But isn't that great, though? I mean, you, you came from hard and fast grounds in the Southern Hemisphere where maybe forward play wasn't appreciated, but you're, you're going to a place and, and been at a place that does appreciate it. Do you, do you, do you think that's good? Yeah, no, I, I do. I mean, it's it's. I mean, that's what's that's what's good about rugby internationally, as opposed to just being, you know, having one type of game for, for, for the all for all occasions. I mean, the way rugby's played, you know, historically in South Africa is different to the way it's been played in Australia and New Zealand, and the way it's played in the UK, um, you know, France, well, even the UK and France is different now in the way they go about things. So, I mean, I think that sort of variability is what makes uh you know when you watch what makes test rugby so so interesting and so fascinating is that you come up against um, teams with different strengths and weaknesses and the ability to to get your strategy right and the ability to adapt from one week to the other is is vital and i mean that's what makes it fun i, I have really enjoyed it actually well obviously you would have enjoyed last week's results uh, as captain as well uh, to the stoop and, and a good win over the quins and uh i think the good thing about uh, the victory is that it's your your first away win since November, so that's really important, and it puts you in that fourth spot. Yeah, I mean, we we were actually running. We started the season really well. We were running, well, running reasonably hot. We'd, we'd run eight, one eight straight, uh, which was a good result for us. I mean, across the various competitions, and we came through to winter and. Uh, you know how I was, I was speaking before about how you need that variability to be able to play different games. It's probably not something we've we've had in Exeter and, and something we've had to to really develop. So um, yeah, we had a lean period through through Christmas. We lost four and all in in the Premiership, and so to get this win last weekend to get an away win is really important because uh, you you don't really you don't bank on those points. So. Points you get away from home are vital, and, and particularly given how given how tight the, the comp is. So we run we're running equal third now on 44 points, I think. Uh, right. And but there's only a two point drop to seven. So um, yeah, it really is a really tight competition, and, and wherever you can grab points, particularly away from home, is vital in the in the run home. You share uh, 44 points with Saracen, so Bath on 47 and the Saints on 56. So 
last year's finalists uh, still up there and uh, what a final that was. Uh, hopefully you'll get up there with Exeter this year. Um, interesting game of the weekend. A couple of early yellow cards, but you came through. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think uh, were you worried about the discipline early? Uh, well, I wasn't wasn't pleased with it, I suppose. But, <laughs> but the reality was, I think we looked at the game today. Um, I think we had thirty four percent possession. Uh, sorry, territory. Uh, so we we were under the hammer a lot, and we had three yellow cards, and then we came out with a win by eight. So I mean, that's not your or eight or whatever it was, but that's not your traditional uh, you know course of events. So. Um, yeah, I mean, two early yellow cards, uh, getting down to thirteen men. You, you can't, you can't play like that, and and consequently we conceded points. But um, I mean, I think that the pleasing thing, the yellow cards weren't necessarily for for foul play or anything. It was, it was genuinely an efforts to stop tries. And I think, um, yeah, our attitude was spot on. And yeah, you always hear the sort of the cliche that defence is the um, is the pinnacle of attitude when it comes to rugby, and our defence was very good. So. I mean, it's probably what got us through that match, to be honest. Yeah, and obviously uh, Henry Slade's kicking as well. Uh, outstanding, a trial conversion, about six penalties. Yeah, I mean, uh, Henry, uh, we, we've got uh, probably five, four or five young, uh, 20, I think they're 21 now, uh, former English under-20 uh, World Cup winners. Um, and, and these guys are seriously good. Um, I mean, I've seen, been lucky to see you know, quite a bit of talent through, throughout playing and I'm getting a bit longer in the tooth now so you've seen a few but these guys these guys are seriously good players and our 10 12 13 um, are all 21 throwing now our six who's 21 and a hooker as well um, and, and you know I think it's it's very exciting place for Exeter to be in terms of having this this wealth of talent that not only is young but has played so much together as well so you've already got combinations sort of you know, built in Dean, on, on this show, we've been on the uh, Ban the Box Kick campaign, and I was very happy to see <laughs> Danny Kerr's uh, box kick uh, charge down in your game, and that resulted in a try to Exeter. So, well done, mate. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, I, uh, it was yeah, Ben White, I, wasn't I, it? I kind of agree with you. I know it sort of takes away a little bit of the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the fun element, isn't it? You don't see the ball move too much with a box kick. I mean, Jake White's obviously a big fan of it. He, he sort of mm. pioneered it for a long time, but him and the, him and the Bulls have, have made a great success out of it. But well, did, um, I don't know. If, yeah, uh, sadly, we had yeah, Dave Dennis on the show late last year, and he told us that the box kicks banned at the Tars. They don't do it at all. <laughs> well, there you go. Unfortunately, we we employ a lot, um, it, but it's it's again quite a uh, yeah. You talk about that ten man rugby and and. Mm. Um, you sort of have to play over here sometimes and the box kick's a big, a big part of it. I can see the use for it, but I mean, I wasn't too upset to see Danny Kerr failing whatever he, whatever he does to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was Ben White with the try as well, so he, he did a good job too and raced across the line um, as I was watching the highlights. It was pretty good. So um, you're doing well, but you've got a massive game this week against Bath, haven't you? Yeah, we do. I mean, um, you know, in terms of the history of, of Exeter Bath, we we'd never, yeah, you know, we'd played them for for many many years, and we'd never we'd never beaten them till last year. Um, still, we haven't beaten them in the Premiership, um, so it's it's a huge game for us. Bath coming off two losses um, against, you know, admittedly against Surrey's and Northampton, um, respectively, you know, tough opponents, but a huge game for us if if we're going to bounce up and 
and really, as I said, extend ourselves away from from that bunch that's that's collected there around between between third and and fourth. And if we can manage to get a win, not only will it be uh, historical and pretty exciting for our fans because um, well, they're pretty bad at the best of times, but this would really send them uh, around the bend. And uh, but yeah, you know, a win would would put us into second. So I mean, that's a it's a big weekend for us. Uh, Dean, your thoughts then on uh, Sam Burgess, uh, who's really doing a great job with Bath in the centres. Uh, I know Stuart Lancaster says he's a long shot to make the World Cup squad, but what are your thoughts on his progress? And you'll find out firsthand pretty soon. Yeah, I mean, I agree he's, he's a long shot. Um, but, you know, clearly, clearly the guy can play, you know, whatever he's done. He obviously was outstanding at league. Um, you know, came, sort of left quite a legacy there and uh, has come into Bath. I mean, it was never going to be easy for him, really. I mean, I think if you go back and you look at the way Sonny Bill... Uh, he, he dominates rugby now, but it, it took him many years to to do that. You know, he didn't put himself under pressure. He went to Toulon. He was under Tana Umanga and, and sort of his stewardship getting him done. But it took him a good couple of years to get right. And I mean, for Burgess, for people to come in and expect him to be a, a good outside centre, a good twelve straight away is probably a little bit unrealistic. Um, yeah, you know, I've seen him play. Uh, I've played against him. And uh, we sort of seen him play a couple of A-level, a couple of lower-level games as well. Um, and he, he clearly breaks the line. He's got a great offload game. But, yeah, there's that wider passing game. He's probably lacking a little bit at the moment. But I've got no doubt that he will be, um, he'll be quite the machine when he, when, he, when he sorts everything out. Well, Sandy Park's the venue for the game. How, do, how much uh, does home ground advantage play for you? Yeah, it, it's a big thing for us. Um, you know... Exeter is said near three hours from London. You know, Bath's our closest game. That's an hour and a half. I mean, it doesn't sound much in terms of Australia, but um, you know, travelling away and travelling further down to the southwest, it sort of does make a bit of a difference because we we all travel on buses here, so uh, every every trip's a, a good couple of hours on a bus. Um, so if we can make people come here, make it difficult uh, for them to play down here, um, it, that's really important. Also, you know, we've got some. Yeah, as I said, we've got some amazing fans. Yeah, great, great support. So, I mean, it sounds like they've really accepted you there. What's it like living in the community? Yeah, I mean, it's good, mate. It's one team town, really. Uh, we've got a we've got a football team or a soccer team here, Exeter City, but they play fourth division, um, and they're not they're not racing up. Oh, they're doing all right, but they're not racing up the the divisions. But we are we're sort of. One team town. So I mean, you get, uh, I think, exciting. We get discounts at the, the local butcher. Uh, you get looked after where you go. So uh, <laughs> there's, there's only uh, there's only two nightclubs in town. So you got to behave yourself because it, you know everything gets back to the coach pretty swiftly. So mm. it's uh, made us fun. <laughs> well, it could be more fun for you uh, when the weather changes uh, in April when you get to the quarterfinals of the Challenge Cup. Obviously, the game, the landscape's changed. Uh, with the Heineken Cup no more, but uh, at least you're involved in the, in the quarterfinals of the Challenge Tournament. Uh, you're looking forward to that one. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, I mean, I think you play three competitions here, so to be... You know, all you do at the start of the year is give yourselves opportunities to be playing at the back end, and, and we've been lucky this year. Where we've done okay, so we've given ourselves opportunity to play in all the, the quarterfinals or the semifinals of the relative competitions. Well... Premiership aside at the moment, but um, to have a, a quarter final against Newcastle um, at home 
is a really big, really big deal for us as a club. I mean, most of the areas, given we've only been in the the Premiership for five years now, most of these areas we're, we're sort of breaking some new ground. So I think this is the first home quarterfinal we've ever had. Um, yeah, and to get those games, to get big games and bring it in front of a home crowd, it's 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 really important for for us as a club, and it's really important for for our supporters. As a captain, you deal obviously very closely with the coach. Uh, what's uh, Rob Baxter like to deal with? Yeah, Rob, Rob's great. I mean, I've really enjoyed uh, working with him. Um, he's he's very straightforward. He, he's the the Baxter family is, is somewhat legends of uh, of Exeter rugby, and um, yeah, his old man was captain. He was captain. Uh, uh, Rob's brother was captain as well. Um, and the, the the main suite. Like as in the the chairman suite at the the club is named after the Baxters. So um, yeah, he he is he is the culture. You know what I mean. So um, it, it's nice to get in there and and he's quite he's got a really balanced approach to the way he, uh, he goes about things. So um, yeah, whilst we train very professionally and our aspects and S and C and all that's is 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 bang on. Um, is also really amateur approaches. So every bus ride we go on, every trip home, there's there's beers for us to enjoy. Uh, he doesn't get too up and down um, in terms of losses and wins. You saw, surely you celebrate, but you don't go over the top. You also don't go over the top when you have a loss. So it's a really nice balanced approach to it. And he's one of those guys that sort of um, you know, really lives by his word and is very, very truthful and very honest in what he says. And so... Um, it's, it's always good and enjoyable working with someone like that. So, when you were made captain, uh, Dean, what was the uh, what was the reasoning behind it? What were you? Uh, everyone gets a spiel when when that appointment's made. What did they look uh, see in you uh, to make you captain? Yeah, it's a tough question, mate. I, <laughs> it's uh, I've never been I've never been given that one. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm I think I provide a different perspective on it, really. Um, you know, having a Southern Hemisphere approach and, and being involved in, in professional environments and high-performance professional environments, you know, being at the Waratahs, obviously we were involved together, mate, uh, and you're lucky to be at the Wallabies as well. For, for a club that had only just come up from the championship a couple of years before, I think having a, maybe sort of those cultural elements and, and that experience in, in high-performance environments was something that I could add to the team, um, you know. But hopefully, I also, um, yeah, add something in, in terms of just having a, a very honest and true culture and, and being able to to tell people, yeah, when when it needs to be lifted up or when they're doing something really well as well. So, um, a yeah, tough question for me to answer, though. One I've not really had, but. Uh, I had to get a bit reflective on you. Yeah, no, I'm sorry I had to uh, put you on the spot. It's almost like giving yourself a rap, which I know you don't like doing. And you come from a very uh, strong lineage of, uh, of rugby uh, uh, rugby family. Uh, of course, uh, your brother uh, Greg and your dad and great-grandfather, or your grandfather as well, all the way back to New Zealand. So it's, it's pretty uh, pretty strong, mate. Do you get much um, uh, in terms of visits uh, from the family? Yeah, they, they do. I mean, we've been really lucky, actually. I've only managed to get home once in the two and a half years I've, I've been here for for a week for my brother's wedding. Um, so we've been really lucky. Both my family and my wife's family, they've come over and, and seen us, and we haven't really felt uh, that too homesick on that front. 
Um, so, yeah, and also, yeah, we've got a little bit of family in London. So just having someone you can give a buzz um, without having to work out time zones or whether Australia's daylight saving or not, it's pretty nice sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to managing the squad, how have you um, uh, thought that Rob's been able to do that with the number of competitions you have to, to compete in because there's a big possibility um, come later in the year you're going to have to deal with uh, Challenge Cup, playoffs and the Premiership. Yeah, I mean, they, they do go back to back. I mean, I, I think the LV Cup over here plays a really important role in, in allowing teams to, to rotate their squads. I mean, I think a while back in Australia there was a, there was a big question about whether rotation was a, a policy that was needed um, when you when you play a competition as in Super Rugby and you've got 15, 18 rounds uh, with with one maybe two buys and their rotation is not really a big issue. But over here, looking at 35 game seasons, um, three different competitions, um, you know it's, it's hard to get through a year without some period of of you know solid injuries. You, you can normally get hit. Um, yeah, and you just hope that's not in, in one one position. So you hope your hookers or your second rowers or your, your, your inside backs don't get hit. Um, and so you need to rotate. You need to keep people fresh because there's going to there's gonna be a need to, to in, include everyone over a season. Um, just going back to the LV Cup, you know, that's that's used over here predominantly as a, as a, as a, 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 as a zone to blood new players, to, to bring in the young talent. Um, and it's something I think works quite well. So they give them, give aspect to, um, you give them a yeah opportunity at top level um, rugby without perhaps some of the pressures associated with Premiership rugby or or Heineken Cup. So it's nice to have that sort of staged approach where you can you can ease people in, you can bring in a little bit of talent, um, and and they get to mix in with with the bit, the wider squad. Yeah, it's interesting. What do you think of this idea? I was thinking about it last night when I was just preparing for the show. Uh, Dean and I thought, what if uh, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa had their own premiership-type competitions and came together in a European Cup or Challenge style during the season as well? I mean, could you could you do it that way? And that way, I think you get the more. I think the problem for Australia in particular is that we don't have enough of those uh, high-quality matches regularly. So an example too is like this for a whole month, the Waratahs basically play one game, one game away from home, and we don't see them in March, until March, I think, I think late March. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the really good things here, um, is that you, you have a regular home and away game, so, uh, which I found weird um, coming over, because you know, in Super Rugby, you might be away, as you say, for, for three or four weeks without having to be home, so for, for continuity of fans, it's hard, um, you know, you don't see your team for a while and fortunes and, and things can go up and down in the space of three or four weeks. So a team you might have seen four or five weeks ago at home that was riding well might not be so good. So your crowds are also a bit fluctuate with that. So, I mean, I, I think having a regular home and away system in Australia and individual comp certainly has merit. Um, you know, particularly if you get the to have the Wallabies and, and the, those guys playing at the top level playing with those guys that are borderline club super rugby. I think there's some real merit in that because you don't really get that at the moment unless the, the guys, the fringe guys, for lack of a better word, get the opportunity to be involved in a super rugby squad. So they don't they don't get to learn from, 
um, from experience. You know, they don't let get to see how professional, say, someone that's played 80 caps needs to be for him to, to keep playing. They have to try and learn that from, from anecdotes or from something else rather than pure, purely learning from experience. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's lots of questions raised. I mean, sort of financially viable, all that sort of stuff. But purely under merit, I think it's a really good idea because the, the idea of the Heineken Cup and that sort of top-tier competition as well, which is based on merit, it's based on coming in the top three or four in your competition, um, it works really well. And, and, and you know, when they was all this talk about them fiddling with the competition last year, they eventually came back to the same structure because yeah. it, it wasn't broken. Yeah, it works really well. Certainly does. Uh, as a second row, um, thoughts on Kane Douglas at Leinster. Obviously, very disappointed to, to see him leave the Australian setup as we were when you left, Dean. But uh, obviously, um, Australia's second row stocks have struggled since you guys left. Uh, thoughts on Kane and uh, how he's going over there? Yeah, I'm, I haven't seen Kane. I haven't seen Kane play too much, but. From my understanding, uh, we've we've got a, a guy from Dublin here who's um, we've actually got Johnny Sexton's little brother playing for us. He's a, he's uh, he doesn't look anything like Johnny. He's got about uh, <laughs> about fifteen twenty kilos on him, and he's got quite a he's carrying a couple of tires around his waist. But uh, he doesn't know his stuff about Leinster rugby. Uh, but he um, yeah, from all accounts, Kano's doing pretty well over there, and um, you know. I, I sort of was lucky enough to be playing when Kane came through the Waratahs and see what a what a great talent he, he was and what a great de- talent he, he developed into. Um, and I think Australian rugby is um, is is worse for, for not having him there. Um, you know, second row stocks aren't aren't brilliant in Australia at the moment. Um, certainly aren't as deep as you know, say four five four years ago in the World Cup before when you had um, Sharpie, Rob Simmons. Uh, Mark Chisholm, uh, Dan Vickerman came back. Um, James Hallwell in there as well. I mean, you had you had a bunch of guys there that had probably 30, 40 caps um, experience going into World Cup, respectively. Each person, um, you know, and I think now you, you take Rob Simmons and James Hallwell, they they have 50 caps each, roughly about that. But then there's a big drop to Sam Carter on nine or something. So. Um, you just don't have that depth of experience as perhaps we do, and and Kano probably would have filled that void very well. But I mean, I also understand for for him and now having been overseas that perhaps he just wanted to come and enjoy. You know, he, he had a tough period off the field as well last couple of years, so maybe he's come over here and and time for him to enjoy an independent life, and um, he might come over, become you know gain some maturity and come back, and I hope he comes back and dominates Australian rugby in a couple of years' time. Yeah, we spoke to him before he's left, and of course, uh, you're referring to tragic loss of his mother and uh, the Douglas boys, uh, Luke, uh, playing uh, rugby league. Um, obviously, uh, they're, they're wonderful fellows, and we wish Kane all, all the best, and uh, hope, he, yeah, uh, hope he makes his, his way back. And I think the, the incredible thing is that your experience uh, on in those conditions uh, would be valuable. I mean, we talked to uh, Celesi Marfu from the Saints about, you know, he'd, he'd be available in a heartbeat to play for Australia uh, if he could in the World Cup and the way he's been going. I know all the Saints fans keep badgering us about how well he plays at tight head and he's a monster there. Yeah, he is. He is. He's, he's done really well, Celesi. I mean, he's been here 
I think two years now. Um, this would be his second season. Um, but to come in and he's really anchored that scrum. I mean, it's quite a, it's quite a scrum anyway. Really, you know, you've got um, Corbusiero, um, Dylan Hartley. You got Big Celeste there, and you got um, Samu Manoa. I mean, it's a it's a great pack to be involved in. He's done really really well there. And again, you know, it's another another place that Australia could benefit from. We are, our tight head strength isn't probably as much as strong as it as other countries. So, I mean, if you you know, it's 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 all dream, isn't it? But mm. someone like Celeste would be great if we if we could have him available because he's played in these conditions for for a couple of seasons now. Uh, and I think uh, the good thing, Dean, is to have doing what you're doing and. And even what we're doing on Rugger Matrix, because Ireland plays a big part of us as well. I mean, just because you're in the Premiership, this will be a big show in terms of uh, audience. Uh, is that you've you've got to show respect for the game around the world because it does vary, and it's easy for someone in good conditions to say that uh, why don't they show, play an expensive game? But as you as you as you see and you talked about before, the celebration of of the contact zone in those intimate moments is also huge. In the UK, because you have to play that way sometimes. But when the when the weather clears up, I mean, you see some spanking rugby uh, in those Heineken Cup. Yeah, games. you really do. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think maybe, but I think come over here, and I think you're a little bit ignorant, perhaps. Uh, well, maybe ignorance a bit strong, but you I mean you sort of live in your own bubble down there in Australia. I think sometimes, and I think uh, yeah, certainly I was guilty about that. I mean, you think. You think the Premiership is and wider into into Rabo into top fourteen. You think it can be a little bit dire um, and, and ten ram, ten man rugby as I was speaking in. But when the time's right uh, and, and when the weather is good, the weather uh, the rugby can be really expansive here. It can be of a very high quality, uh, and you see the quality of players and the quality of skills that the outside backs have. They've got a lot to offer when the, when the when the time is right, but. Um, you, you do have to have the, the, the adaptability and the ability to play two games. And, and there's, there's certain strengths and there's certain, um, yeah, certain fun in, that, in doing that as well. And that has to happen come the World Cup. And what we're seeing is an Ireland side, uh, maybe they're fairly clinical last couple of games in the Six Nations, but an epic match coming up at Aviva Stadium uh, on Sunday uh, between the top two teams in the Six Nations, England v Ireland. Uh, I mean, how do you see that playing out? Our old master defence coach is there, Les Kiss, uh, mummy, and uh, he will have something special ready to go for England. And, uh, you know, England will have something special as well. They're building building okay as well. Uh, these two teams are going to grow the extra leg uh, when it comes to the World Cup later in the year. But for now, it's Six Nations glory. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I, this match will most likely decide the Six Nations, you'd think. Um, so, I mean, huge match. Um, you know, both teams, you know, through through Kissy and um, through the work the English have done, both very strong defensive sides. Um, you know, but it, it probably will be the, the quality of attack that will get the job done in the end or the quality of set piece. So one of those aspects will, will decide upon this game. I think that's how I see it. Um, yeah, I think if you look at the form of these guys of late, um, Ireland haven't been, certainly weren't expensive in their first game, um, but they get the job done. They're, they're a good, as you say, clinical side, um, you know, coached, coached very well through, through Kissy and, 
um, you know, through having a Kiwi coach always helps as well, I think. Um, and then the English have a really stable environment, coaching environment, have been for a long time. They seem to develop a, a good culture. And I think um, not only in terms of these six nations, but you go forward to the World Cup, these two will be right in the mix, I think. these. I think you're looking at teams that could easily be um, quarterfinals, semi-finalists, close to home, um, will have a, an absolute mountain of support behind them, the, the entire country's behind them. So um, it'd be a really telling match, and I'm really looking forward to watching it. Yeah, and the other matches, of course, uh, Scotland uh, hosting Italy and France hosting Wales. Now, Wales, have, uh, they've had their moments, but they just can't get across the line. What are your thoughts on Wales? Yeah, man, I think, uh, I mean, I think you look at their side, and you look, they're, they're a great side on paper. I mean, they really are. Um, a a backline that, uh, that anyone would be really pleased to, to be involved with. Um, you know, but, you know, do you, do you think that perhaps their tight five is, is not giving them enough to, to get the, the ball to the, to the wonderful backline they have? I mean, I think, you know, watch that game when they played England a couple of weeks ago it was... It was a cracking match. Uh, you know, the quality of, of the, the hits that were going in, the sustained pressure that both sides were, were, were trying to build on the opposition. It was a really good quality match. But in the end, the sort of the weight and the power of, of England's forward pack, particularly their tight five, did the job in the end. And so I think that's a, a continual uh, point for, for Wales to, 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 to work on and to build on. But, I mean, again, I mean, if you look at that, the pool the Australians are in World Cup time, they're, they're a big threat, aren't they? And, and this is going to be a hell of a pool to try and get out of. Yeah, it is going to be a uh, bit difficult. Now, from I know it's uh, you obviously keep in touch uh, with Australia, but uh, and your beloved team, Sydney Uni, will be kicking off soon in the Shoot Shield. There's a bit of developments there too. The, unfortunately, the competition's taken a, a backward seat with uh, television coverage and doubt and um, funding as well, which is which is disappointing. But uh, the Waratahs, after a shaky first up performance against the Western Force, tactically probably erred, uh, bounced back with a with a pulsating ga- game against the Rebels. Uh, that was a just absolute thriller. Uh, so they're back on the board, and the Reds, after they uh, were uh, woeful in game one against the Brumbies, uh, got pipped. The Brumbies got done on the siren. Uh, with a penalty against the Chiefs. Crusaders had a heavy game as well. I mean, it's been a hectic start, and in the South African provinces as well, uh, stuck into each other. So, interesting start, but I think, Mummy, just summing it up, uh, a couple of rusty teams uh, already in 2015 and just sort of trying to find their stride. Yeah, I mean, I think think that is the, the basic summary, isn't it? I mean... The teams that were good last year will be good again. I don't see there's any reason why that won't that won't happen. Um, it's just taking a little while for the rust to get knocked off, knocked off, and it's not normally like that way. Teams normally start pretty hot in Super Rugby. Crusaders decide um, that they can start a bit slow, but they'll come home strong. Um, but you know, you could definitely see the benefits that the Force and the Rebels have had from spending that time in the NRC together. I mean, they've got their their cultures built. Um, both have had um, you know, a couple of years with a coach now. So Foles and, and Tony McGann have had the side for a couple of years. So you're going to see development on that front. Um, but, you know, I think, uh, you know, particularly I think the Rebels have seemed to have come a leap forward this year. Um, they certainly are offering quite a bit quite a bit through, through the back row and through the centres, through 
through Mitch Hinman looks in, in pretty good shape um, and he's going to give him good go forward. But, you know, I, I, you, despite the Waratahs being really rusty in round one, you know, they, they've got such a power game that when they can get that going, they're a really powerful side to, uh, a really hard side to contain. And it was, it was pretty nice to see, um, to, to see KB get back in his stride last week and, and have a cracking game. One he's, one he remembered for quite a while, I reckon. Yeah, Curly Bill with a chip kick. And who was there to take it? Stephen Hoyles. Yeah, <laughs> the old ball. It's nice to see him go around in it. It's so good to see him after having such a, um, a tough run. And um, it's good to see him going up there and still doing so well. Yeah, it's a great story, isn't it? Uh, was pretty much lost to the game until last minute trip to uh, Scandinavia. And the surgeon... Uh, yeah, like we all do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, why not? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. No, it was, good. it was a good yarn. And, um, yeah, I'm happy to see him doing so well because he's a, he's a real footballer too. That's what I like about it. No one does hit and spin better than him and I still think it's one of the most um, underutilised but totally valuable skill that a player can take into the contact zone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not many people have mastered the hit and spin particularly with the, not the hit and spin in the quick offload, which Halsey uh, has definitely mastered. I mean, I think many years playing a bit of rugby league touch down there at, uh, mm. at Queen's Park, he's, he's sort of mastered that. And, yeah. you know, he put Adam Fryer in the Danny Badira style dummy <laughs> half, and those two were quite a combination. Yeah, obviously Halsey didn't, was a bit adverse to the two heavier contact, so that's probably spurred him on a bit, yeah? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, all right, mate. Well, hey, um, I've been wanting to catch up with you for, for a while, and uh, I was talking to Casho about it, but as you can see, Casho's here. What do you got to say, Casho? Yeah, the best thing you said all, all show, <laughs> all 202 shows. But it's been great to catch up with you. Good to see you doing so well. Um, can we drop in with you a bit later in the year, mate? Yeah, mate, I'd love to. I'd love to. Uh, love to hear from you again, um, and we'll just give you an update on, on what's going on in terms of uh, and Prem Rugby and, and the developments European Cup, and we'll get a, a greater idea of, of who's the strength in Super Rugby and uh, who's wrapped up Six Nations by that stage. All right, mate, and I guess you'll be keeping in touch with the uni results in the uni. Of course, mate. Always a student. <laughs> <laughs> Once a student, always a student. Yeah, other type. Uh, they do well. Not as good as Randwick, of course. All right. Uh, that, <laughs> that's going to be ongoing through the year. Uh, Dean Mum, captain of Exeter. Uh, congratulations on, on a great season so far. Top four at the moment uh, in the Premiership. You've got a uh, quarterfinal coming up in the European Challenger. So much to happen. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you uh, doing well with the Mighty Chiefs. Yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks thanks for having me. All right, there he is, uh, Dean Mum, joining us uh, from the UK tonight. We appreciate his time. Thanks very much for your time, too, enjoying uh, your company as we power on through this World Cup year. To Mark Cashman, thank you very much. There he is again. We'll see you next week, and maybe he'll be here for real next week.